1: And the Bulls inbound, and this game is over. Bulls win! Bulls win! Bulls win! Bring on the regular season! 127-104. Bulls over the Bucks.
2: Of course, that was Chuck Swirsky with the call yesterday as the Bulls defeated the Milwaukee Bucks, 127-104. Lost money on the game. Um, Chuck, Bill, and Alyssa... The trio that takes care of you guys right here on 670 The Score. They'll be joining me on Friday for a bull season preview show. Nice. I know.
3: I love bull season preview shows or <laughs> sports pre- or preview shows in general with, in
2: Chicago. With Gabe Ramirez. With Gabe Ramirez. Because it's going to be an unorthodox preview show. <laughs> I'm not going to be asking any uh Layups. I'm gonna be asking some tough t- t- yeah. questions. Oh
3: yeah, you gonna test their guts too? Is that yeah, what you're gonna do?
2: Maybe. Okay. Chuck's chin. Chuck's chin. I'm okay. Check, not, what not. about Bergs? <laughs> what about Bergamini? Alyssa's. No, don't don't give me stuff. don't give
3: yourself in trouble.
2: Um, the first thing you noticed yesterday when you watched the game was obviously they sat pretty much everybody and they wanted to give some of the younger guys an opportunity to shine. But you st- I, I love the fact that Vooch was still out there because you still wanted to have some presence from some starters. I like Pat will yeah. being as aggressive as he was being yesterday. Nine to Seventeen, it, I like that. There was a, a two play stretch for for uh, Pat will where he cut to the middle, got the ball and on the cut and just dunked over somebody, and then on the very next play, very next play, got the ball probably about free throw line extended. And made a beautiful cut to the rim and dunked on somebody else. That's what you want. A little mean. That's exactly what I was saying. A little bit of rage. Because that's exactly what you want from a guy like Pat Will. And to discuss his role and whether or not he'll be in this starting lineup, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, he is the voice of the Chicago Bulls right here on 670 The Score. Of course, I'm talking about Chuck Swirsky. Chuck, what's up? Double
1: G. How are you guys doing? <laughs> what's
3: up, Chuck? How
1: you doing, man?
3: Great to hear your voice. Good. Thanks for ta- making the time for I know. us I appreciate here tonight, it. Chuck. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's all good. It's all good.
2: So we were just talking a second ago, Chuck, about Pat Will and his his aggressiveness yesterday, getting to the rim, You know, understanding that he has the athletic ability to dunk over people. But at the same time, you saw him stepping out from the three-ball three and, and shooting it confidently as well. Um, what's your favorite part about Pat Wills' game?
1: Uh, My favorite part is that he's got a high motor, which is good. Um, I think, um, you know, based on yesterday's performance, I think confidence, obviously, for any athlete is a key element. And I think this will help him uh, sustain that as we go into the season, whether he comes off the bench or starts, you know, we'll find out probably, um, you know, in a couple days or so. Um, because they don't play again until a week from tonight, Miami, in the opener. So um, I think it's important, though, because they need him. Uh, you know, they need an athletic player on the floor like, like Patrick. And so I think at, at this point in his career, I think, you know, maybe steps. And he took a huge step last night because of the talent, not only with him, playing with him, but the talent on the floor for Milwaukee because, you know, they they played, what, eight players? And so the bottom line is he took advantage of that. And I think it was the perfect tonic for him because he needed a good
3: game. Chuck, you mentioned baby steps for Patrick Williams, but isn't this the year that we should start to have real expectations for Patrick Williams and this his third year in the NBA?
1: I, I would think so. You know, I, I look at it this way. This is really is second year in the league. Uh, because he played, what, nine games a year ago, and he did see some action in the playoffs. But for the most part, you know, nine games is a hiccup. And so, um, but, you know, he was around the ball club, and he got some workouts in. And, uh, you know, with a wrist injury, you had to be very, very careful because you don't want to have a recurring uh, situation where it becomes worse uh, because a basketball player needs that wrist because the pressure he puts on balls and dribbling, it's going to get hit when you go for a rebound or defend and a deflection. So I would, but I do agree with you. I think this is a key, key year for him uh, in a lot of ways.
2: We're talking to Chuck Swirsky right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Mark Grody. Chuck, what was your reaction when it was announced that Io would be the starting guard? Did you feel like maybe that should have gone to one of the veterans there, or do you feel like Io deserved it and should be in that position?
1: Well, I think he deserves it, and that's not to say the others don't, but the blend of who he's playing with and the fact that he is such a a terrific on-the-ball defender and he plays angles, he's going to get better. And I think, you know, you look at right now the lineup for the second unit, um, and I really don't like that word, second unit, but the reserves have played well. And I think Caruso, with with the play that is on the floor, with the talent that Caruso is joined with in that second unit coming off the bench, I think is more advantageous. And so I, I like the job that Io did. I think there's room to grow, obviously, and he knows that. But I think he's a complimentary piece to the players, especially, you know, the three guys who need the ball. And I'm talking about Vooch, DeMar, and Zach. So I think this was a really good fit. And as we move forward, I'm anxious to see just where his ceiling's at.
3: Yeah, I'm interested in that, too. I mean, I thought he started off real nice at point guard last year, had a nice thing going with Vucevic, and then, you know, he had his rookie struggles towards the end. But the whole Io DeSumo rookie year thing – To me, was a revelation. I was personally surprised. I didn't know if he was going to play a role at all on the team, and he ended up playing a massive role on the team. And it looks like he will going forward. What about Dale and Terry? So I'm in the same place as I was with the Sumu with Dale and Terry. I don't expect him to play a big role. Tell me I'm wrong on that one, too, Chuck.
1: Well, you know what? At this point, again, we you know we just completed four preseason games. So preseason is preseason, but you got to take advantage of the minutes, which he did, which is very healthy. And I think we saw some elements of Dale and Terry's game that carried over from Arizona to the pros. He's a very underrated passer. He is very long, very athletic, has a great, great motor, runs the floor extremely well. And so I think these are positives. And I think anytime you get somebody who plays hard – who plays within a system, who runs the floor, who leaks out, who fills the lane um, is is really, really good. I mean, there's no question this ball club needs easy buckets in transition. So because of that, I think – I'm not sure right now I can say he is a definite rotation player, but I will say this. I think if he continues to play and when he does get action – and he he is a plus player on the floor, you will see. Eventually, you will see him in the rotation. But for now, it it depends how many players Billy Donovan's going to use. Last night, you know, we heard that he may go with 10. Um, Most coaches at times go maybe nine, maybe a stretch of 10. You can't play, obviously, everyone on an NBA roster every game, but um, you know, when your will is that strong and your passion is is that loaded uh, to play NBA basketball, uh, it's a good thing.
2: Will and passion. Definitely two things that Dale Terry has in spades when you just watch him on the floor with a simple eye test. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by his passing ability. We saw it yesterday, but you're right. In Arizona, that's something that he did well on the fast break, ton of times. So I'm excited to see a lot of that and if he can do that. And, and he's also a great rebounder. He always finds his way. Around the rim, he attacks it often on the defensive end. Uh, so, so it's going to be cool to see, you know, what he's going to do because, like you said, with his will and his passion. Of course, we're talking to Ch- Chuck Swirsky here on Six Seventy to Score, Gabe Ramirez, along with Mark Grody. You know, speaking of that rotation and what that 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 what that looks like for the Chicago Bulls, we've seen Billy Donovan switch up the starting lineup. You know, each game in the preseason, uh, with that four spot, he had Javante in there, he had Derek Jones Jr., he had Pat Will. I'm a huge fan of Derrick Jones Jr. I love his game. I think he's, he's a high-motor guy, can hit the three. Um, do you see him securing that, that spot, or do you think it's going to belong to one of those, those other two guys?
1: I, again, you know, we still have a week to go, so we don't know what's going to happen in practice. We don't know when the coaching staff gets together and they sit down and say, okay, um, this player is going to start, but we need this player to be the first guy off the bench at the four. And, and the way we saw some of how Billy Donovan tweaked his offense from a year ago is that, you know, they really are trying to be positionless on the floor. So that leaves a guy like Derrick Jones Jr., who has confidence in his three-point shot, who, again, is long, athletic, and can defend. Uh, very wiry player, as you know. And then you have Javante Green, and, you know, like, uh, I, I'll never forget when that trade was consummated, it was the three-team deal, as you know, with Washington and the Bulls in Boston. And Brad Stevens, um, at that time the head coach of Boston, he, he did not want to make that deal, but they had to, with the cap with Daniel Tice. So I spoke to Brad about Javante Green, and he hated to lose him because he saw what we were seeing now, even a greater sample size, of Javante Green, and I think good things happen when you play within a system, you know who you are as a player, and then you want to take it even higher in your ceiling to maximize your skill set, and that's what I like about Javante Green. I mean, he moves extremely well off the ball. He knows how to finish at the rim, and that's why no one's expecting him to shoot 77% on the season, which would obviously break all kinds of NBA records. No one's saying that. No one's even uttering that. But that's what he shot in preseason because he saw a lane. And when he goes to the lane, he goes hard. And so I think it's going to be very intriguing to see um, not only who starts, but also who gets those minutes behind a starter and for how long. And so, again, that's one of the storylines, as you mentioned, Double G, about, you know, the four spot
3: double G. I like a it a lot. It's really growing on me now. I'm gonna have I'm... you do a voice drop, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> double G. G to the wreck
1: uh, Turn it and a foul. Yeah, studs get it, dude.
3: <laughs> We're gonna bring that back in the eight o'clock hour, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, Chuck, w- why was the Andre Drummond signing necessary and why? What will Bulls fans see in him offensively and defensively? What do the Bulls have in Andre Drummond?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because, as you know, you know Drummond was a two-time All-Star uh, with Detroit, and he started bouncing around because of the new-age NBA, and then he hit three threes against Toronto. So one last time, missed it. But you know, he came in, I think, career-wise, like 13%. So no one's really expecting Andre to come in every game. And knock down threes, I think he knows what's best around the rim. Uh, But, again, if he's free, you know, if he has that confidence, take it. Uh, But, you know, one of the things, so when Vooch leaves the game, you know, this ball club really needs a body to rebound and to create havoc in the paint and who can finish at the rim. And he takes up a lot of room, as you know. You've seen these preseason games. And he knows how to play the game. And, I mean, you look at this uh, second unit for the Bulls right now, you've got some really solid veteran players on the floor who just know how to play the game. And, you know, I, I look at, you know, Goran Dragic. He's 36 years old. He's been in the league 15, 16 years. And, I mean, he's so crafty with the ball. And, you know, whether he plays 15 minutes a game, 22 minutes a game, Somewhere in between, I don't think the ball club right now, when you go to your, you know, second, third guard, they're going to, they won't miss a beat as far as running half-court sets with Gorin. And, um, you yeah, I just, yeah, I, I remember when he first came in the league and he played behind Steve Nash, and then he's bounced around a little bit with Houston, and he played with Kyle Lowry, and then he really blossomed with the Heat, and he played there seven years. In fact, we're going to feature Gorin at halftime of the uh, opener at Miami because he talked about the "quote unquote" heat culture that we always hear about with Spo and Pat Riley. But um, I, I really like Drummond. I compare him almost to like uh, a guy who's going to eat some innings in baseball, hmm. and he's going to uh, be a guy who can hold the lead. And that's that's how I view Andre Drummond with the Bulls.
2: Hey, I'll take a Johnny Cueto on the Bulls in a heartbeat. Uh, But Andre Drummond, I mean, I think another thing too, Chuck, is people don't realize how young he is. He looks old as hell, but he's only 29. So when you see him, you know, getting these rebounds, bouncing up on the offensive glass, I mean, you got to remember, he's still a young dude who's athletic and still can move that big body around. And he's definitely going to be a presence in the paint. And when it comes to Goran Drogic, just such a good facilitator. And I think the best thing about that, is taking pressure off Alex Caruso to be that point god that people wanted yeah. him to be with that second unit. You get Drogic Drag- the opportunity to do that, and we saw it yesterday, Caruso could score. I mean, we know he could score, but when he's put in that position to be that guy, he has zero problem taking that shot. Um, another another person that I thought looked really good from a health standpoint was Vooch. Is that just my eyes deceiving me, or or, or is, does he look like he's in better shape to you?
1: Well, I, I would say this. I think, I think Vooch... Um, really wants to establish from the get-go. And I think the players, in the case of DeMar and Zach and Io, um, they're really looking for Vooch to get it going early and establish the post because when you do that, then all of a sudden a defensive player for weak side help has to shade over and maybe double if Vooch gets the ball low on the block. And Vooch is a really good passer, so he will find a wing player And whether it's a pass that leads to the pass, like hockey terminology, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, bodes well for the Bulls offense. So um, I do like what Vooch has done in preseason, what he did last year for, you know, the Bulls as well. So, uh, again, all these things are positive. And, um, you know, it's a shame that Lonzo's hurt because we know what Lonzo can do in a lot of different layers on the floor. You know, we we talk about Lonzo and his three-point shooting a year ago. We have to keep in mind, he's a very gifted, not only passer in forecourt, but, you know, the moment the outlet pass goes to him, let's say he's 65, 70 feet away, deep in backcourt. Uh, his vision is outstanding. He's a really, really good passer from backcourt to forecourt. And on top of that, Double G. You see, you work with the double G. So, um, but one thing that I really love about him is that he can defend, and he has no problems whatsoever locking in defensively. And so, they're going to miss him, but hopefully, he'll come back. And when he's back, he'll uh, be available. You know, for the most part, for the rest of the year.
3: Chuck, since you did such a great job of double Ging us in this interview <laughs> and branding us a little bit, making us feel good. Yeah. What about you, Chuck? You got, I, you know, I've been so buried in the Bears. You've got a book out, don't you, my friend? Always a pleasure. Is that is that right? Well, Tell me. Yeah.
1: Well, um, well, it's actually going to be released on the twenty sixth, okay. of October. So it's coming up in a couple of weeks or so, and um, and so you can obviously you can pre order if you go to Eckhart's Press right now. But you know, it's something that you know I probably over the last couple of years. I was approached by some publishers and it just didn't feel right the timing. And then during the off season I said, you know what? I, I've got notes after notes of years of just, you know, the journals, so to speak. And I really want to share some stories. And it's not it's not a tell all book where, you know, I but there are enough stories behind the scenes where I think people will understand about this business and the journey where it's taken me and the people that I've met along the way and people that have influenced me. And, you know, I mean, we, I mean, you know, you can stretch it from meeting Willie Mays at the age of 20 and picking him up in an airport in Columbus, Ohio, uh, to, you know, conversations with Kobe Bryant. And uh, so those are some of the things. But the things that I really want to stress with this book is that this this is a business that's glamorized and sensationalized, and I'm talking about you know, radio, TV, sports, but it's also very difficult, and it's difficult because I think of the internal pressure we place on ourselves as you know, skilled um, on-air, off-air personalities, and when you're off the air and you're producing or you're putting copy together, there's just as much pressure as going on the air with that red light And when you're on, you have to bring your mojo and your A-game. And this business, um, as I often say, life is not a straight line. And there are a lot of storms. And your ego can get in the way. And so the thing I really wanted to tell people is that you've got to maintain the four P's. Positivity, purpose, passion, and more than anything else, perseverance. Because you're going to get knocked down a lot in this business. You're going to get rejected. Like, I've been rejected a ton, but you can't let it beat you. You've got to beat it. And so it's almost like Walter Payton with that, with that hill, and he yeah. would take on that hill, and he would, you know, go after it and go after it and go after it, and he'd bring different players in, and they couldn't reach the top. And so, you know, they'd start all over again. Well, I, you know, to use that as an analogy, that's what we have to do every single day. And that's why I hold myself to a high level of accountability because I never want to take anything for granted. Because the moment we start taking things for granted in this business and take shortcuts, that's the first step where we're going to be blown off the door.
3: It's incredible, man. So true. I'm buying the book. I like that. I lo- I mean... You're so spot. I could do another hour with you on that, Chuck. Yeah.
2: But really, really appreciate that. And man. the cool thing is that that's who Chuck is. I mean, if you follow him on social media, you hear him on the radio. He's that humble dude that doesn't think anything is, is bigger. He, he's bigger than anything else. And and you just you lead by example with that, Chuck. So I, I appreciate you for that. Well,
1: you you know what, double G. Here's the thing. Just just because I happen to be blessed as the Bulls announcer, I'm no better than somebody that today helped me buy a pair of shoes, in fact, yeah that, you know it was great. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know when I'm, I'm buying shoes or you know buying a pair of pants what to look for. These people do their jobs and they do it well, but you know I mean, I, I am no better than anyone on this planet. I just happen to be gifted in this sense of being a sportscaster and I go into work and I'm grateful and I'm humble, and that's it. Simple as that
2: Chuck. Always a pleasure to have you on these airwaves. Look forward to our uh, preview show on Friday, 7 o'clock. Make sure you guys check that out with myself, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wendington, and Alyssa Bergamini. But it is always a pleasure, just like your book. Uh, make sure you guys get that October 26th. Chuck, thanks for hanging out with us today.
1: My pleasure. Double G with the rock to the rack. tonic it and a foul.
2: That was me, though. I'm the one that was shooting that. Oh, I don't Grotty, think so. Grotty, you pass it to me. <laughs> you pass it to me, and then I score. Yeah, I'm the old Chuck, one. Chuck Swirsky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Later, guys. Thank you, you so much, Chuck. Appreciate you. Oh, that was great. Somebody, please put that into an intro for our show next time. <laughs> Double G is together.
3: <laughs> hey, man. You and I are going to be together on Tuesday on Tuesday. Southport,
2: man. Top draft. Yeah. You guys come hang out with us there. Yeah. All right. More Bulls talk on the other side. There is one particular bull who I think will not be on the roster. Come the end of the season, and not due to an injury. Who is that player? I'll tell you on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, Double G. I like that. So good. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's over
2: here. Only at T Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks
0: per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
1: Double G with the rock to the
3: rack, tone it, and a foul.
2: Can we just play that over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again? We might.
3: Double G with the
2: rock to the rack, tone it, and a foul. That was me, though. I'm the one that was shooting that. Oh, I don't Grotty, think so. Grody, you pass it to me. You pass it to me, and then I scored. <laughs> yeah, I'm the old one. I missed the layup, though. That's the problem. And this was not an and one. It was just two two free throws after that. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here on 670, the score. Still talking about the Bulls, man. I There's one player, like I mentioned, that I do not think is going to be on this roster that is on it right now, and that is Kobe White. Mm. Watch the game When you're watching these first preseason games, even last year, it, just, it feels like he doesn't fit. I don't know how else to put that. If he was smacking three, like when you watch some of these other teams that the Bulls play, even yesterday, with the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, like, 70% of the roster can smack threes. And when you're looking at the Bulls, like every time a three goes up, you're just hopeful. You're not, it's not definitive. You're just hopeful. You're like, oh my God, is that one going to go in? Starting with DeMar DeRozan. Let's hope he doesn't shoot a three. But Kobe White is the guy who you're like, yeah, shoot. And he reminds me of, he has that Kyle Korver in him. And Kobe, I'm sorry if you're listening, bro. But he has that Kyle Corver in him where it's like, if you're up 10, he's smacking a three. If you're down two, then he's not, he's not making that. That's what I felt Kyle Corver was to, from the Bulls. Here's the part that I like about
3: all that, though,
2: is that we finally now
3: know that that's what Kobe White is. There is no longer right. any conflict. Kobe right. White is not an NBA starter. He is not. He is not a starting point guard. Not a point guard. Right. And I don't think he's a starter in general. So now... The expectations are set. You don't have to experiment with anything anymore with, with him. You could just use him as a bench player and hope to God that when he comes in, he's hot. Right, because but, there but, are games where he comes. And I'll say this. I'll say, I'll say this about Kobe White. Kobe White does make big shots in the fourth quarter. He's often making. Okay. I'm not saying that he's changing games but or, or in, in any way, shape, or form. But he hits shots, and he's not afraid to keep heaving, for better or for worse. Yeah. But now we know who, what he is, what exactly what he is, and use him how you will in that regard.
2: And But, but he would need to be a more consistent shooter in order to – like, we know what he is and what he should be, but can he be that is the question. Because when you're looking at Kobe White, I would say I, – I think back to some years, even in the last couple of years on different teams, but D.J. Augustine. Yeah. A guy that can come in and just buckets. Like, he's going to score. He's going to get to the rim. He's fast. He can, hit, he can hit a jump shot if need be. Ben Gordon? Ben. Uh, uh, are we going to go there? <laughs> oh, yes. Are we going to go? All right, well, let's quickly finish up this conversation okay. about the Bulls. we got to go there. And then we there. can talk about your guy. You brought it up, I man. did. I did. It, you did. brought Pre, it up. When we were talking texting yeah. beforehand, I definitely brought that up. But I'm thinking about, remember there was that that stretch run for like two or three years where the Bulls had really good like backup point guards because they they had money tied up with like Derrick Rose and then so it was yeah, like John C, Lucas CJ Watson yeah CJ Watson guys that would come in and just score 20 but then they would go some, but, but it was because they had the ability to shoot freely and it was on Tibbs's watch too and I, don't if was was some, t- I don't know there was
3: some I don't know there was some Tibbs, tibbs magic yeah. some enabling by Tibbs that made backup <laughs> point guards feel really good about making threes
2: well maybe Kobe White needs to go to the Knicks so he can find his, yes. his magic his mojo over there isn't he is
3: this the final year of his rookie contract Kobe White I'm
2: not sure can you check that out yeah let's studs? check
3: that because that would that would suggest to me that they wouldn't do away with him this year. They'd just ride it out and let him go after this year. But I just, I,
2: I'm 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 uh, I'm Mitch Trubisky. Ah, uh, I'm just over it. I'm just like, all right, let's just let's.
3: Uh, it, that's, that's not a bad comp because there were high expectations. Yeah, he was expectations. what a seventh overall pick, something like that. It, it was, or was he even higher.
2: Was he like four? That was the year that. The Bulls should have gotten a higher draft pick and maybe could have had a. a,
3: Yeah, they came close. It was like a difference between seven and two or something like that. Yeah, and then. And you're right. No, that's a good comp because. I I have had really high expectations for Kobe White. I was very excited about and willing to, because he only played one year at North Carolina, let him grow. But we've all watched it. We've watched it. The the Bulls have given him chances in just about every single spot, and the only one that he seems to have some comfort in is coming off the bench and draining threes at times. Because then he can
2: shoot freely, and he doesn't have to worry Uh, about
3: taking shots away Uh, from DeMar. You're an offensive guy. We're not – Please try as hard as you can on defense. We'd appreciate that. Yeah. But, yes, you're seven minutes off the bench right now to shoot a bunch of threes and get hot. And if you're not hot, <laughs> stop shooting.
2: I wish – that that was the year I wish the Bulls had the number two pick in the draft because that's where John Morant went. Oh, that's right. It was Zion and Ja. That's right. And so wh-
3: who will end up having a better career out of those two guys? <laughs> no, I'm talking about oh, – oh, I'm talking you. about Zion and Ja. Oh. Because it's easy to say Ja right now because yeah. he's the new thing and Zion's just Zion's kind of back. been injured, but he's still a badass.
2: Yeah, Ja Morant, Once he wins a couple extra playoff series, then you could put him into that conversation of just you know being that much better. But Zion is just. I mean, you see him play these he's games. A beast, like dude. A, he looks like a kid, but he's out there playing big man oh, basketball. Yeah. All right, let's go talk about Ben Corner for a little bit. Oh okay. wait, no oh, wait, wait. Go ahead, studs. We got the information. Is he on the? Is he on his last year yet?
4: No, I was motioning something to Leo over here. Oh. Actually, I thought you were telling me oh. that
2: you had the answer. Well, you here. tell Leo. Tell Leo, to go look. You it tell, up, tell dude. Leo, we're trying to do a
3: show over yeah. here. Is that okay, Leo? Okay, all right. <laughs> is that okay, Leo? Leo, can, can
2: we do our show? Is Leo one of
3: our new producers here at the store? Yeah, score? Leo. Why Leo is style? nobody Leo, introduced how about us? How about, how, about, how about introducing us to him, like even off the air, studs? All right, yeah. so I did. There's just guys sitting uh-huh. You got here like the last second. I introduced him to Gabe. You set yourself up
2: for that one, Grody. <laughs> just threw each other under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like,
3: oh, I, did I introduced him to Gabe. He's Gabe knows the, what's up. Okay, well, at some point in time, I, I'm looking over here, and I, I see Leo, apparently. Air quotes. All right, if you want air quotes. You, quotes behind Leo. the glass here, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing
2: two things. I'm running your show, and I'm training him. Oh, okay. Uh, Leo, be, you got to be better uh, a trainee. You got to just watch. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. How, that's how I got <laughs> to learn. Not allowed to ask questions, yeah. Leo. No, no more questions. No, no, no. yeah. okay. So, yeah, it's uh, Leo. Leo. Leo started here. He's been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff here, so we're getting him on the front end now. Leo, uh, go on the internet and find out if this is a Kobe. Yeah, Kobe, yeah, Kobe you, stuff. We, we just want to know if this is Kobe. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll look that up right now. All right. Yeah. all right, now let's talk about Ben Gordon for a second.
3: Okay. Oh yes.
2: Okay. First of all, Ben Jordan—that's what I used to call him back in oh, the day. Love him as a basketball player. Hated when he left the Bulls. I love the fact that he came out and said that was the worst decision that he ever made because mm-hmm. he should have stayed here. We would have loved him and embraced him. Um, was at the airport two days ago and punched his son in the head. Ten-year-old son who had a restraining order on him, and then closed fist, closed fist, and then when the cops came, he ended up getting into a tussle with them as well. I mean, he had some mental health issues before. We saw that where he had some, you know, run in with the law prior to. Don't want to, don't need to get into all that. Um, but it's sad because you, you, you know, especially in Chicago. The thing is this, and this is what a lot of people don't really realize, especially if you're born and raised here, is that L.A., New York, they have real celebrities. You know the 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 the, the musicians, the, the actors, and such. And here in Chicago, we don't have that, right? So our our celebrities are are the athletes.
3: Well, if you don't live down the block from Chance the Rapper, like oh. I do, but I mean that's cool if you're just into the athletes. Chance the Rapper is yeah. questionable. Yeah. But- <laughs> All right, I got an answer, guys. Oh, woo! All right, so Kobe White does have another year. If the Bulls won him, it's like one of those qualifying offers. Yeah. It'd be Team nine. It'd be, yeah, it'd be nine point nine million. So this is year. his last year, and, he's a, <laughs> and he's a, and, he's a res, and then he's a restricted free agent in twenty twenty. Could be a restricted free agent next year. Really, okay. It's basically what it is. So basically, yes, he is so a restricted is, free agent next yeah. year. The Bulls have so control him. of yeah. him after no. this year. The way and, and that includes they could let him go. That's what it sounds yeah. like to me. He go. Yes. Yeah, so I, I should have. I, I worded it poorly. He's a restricted free agent next year. Okay, is what it is. Well, okay. They exercised the club act. They,
2: they 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 the club option to keep him okay. this year. Okay, okay, I like it. Um, you had some, some several run-ins of Ben Gordon the yeah. other day covering the Bulls. Oh
3: yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, I, not run-ins because that makes it sound like I had bad experiences with okay. him. Okay, I didn't. He was you covered him. I covered. Yeah, let's just. And it's so weird for me to hear this because. He was just this very laid back stoic kind of guy who was didn't have a lot of words was always polite always spoke to the media didn't have you know a he was very quiet he was he was very quiet yeah. did not have an outgoing personality not a gregarious guy you know what i'm saying and like it, and he was a fascinating player that he would go out there and he could run up some unbelievable talk about fourth quarters like some of the stuff that he would drain i mean the, some wondered, is this guy a blossoming star? He got to a point where he hit a wall and then just sort of decrescendoed for the rest of his career. My whole point is in talking about covering covering Ben Gordon, I covered a lot of those Bulls games. I did not sense anything in the least to be out of whack as with him mentally. Nothing. Yeah. Like far from it. There were other guys on that team that I might have considered well before him.
2: I just yeah, I, I these are the things we don't think about when it comes to athletes in their life post you know, professionalism. Uh, yeah.
3: <clears throat> I mean, it it's out there more than it ever has been in terms of dealing with people's brains and emotions. Yeah. I mean, most teams most teams have a department that takes care of that. I mean, Ryan Bowles hired a guy to be the, you know, fired one guy, hired yeah. another guy. Soup Campbell, remember him? yeah, he, yeah. He's gone because he didn't have the same qualifications that the new guy does now, who is a mental skills coordinator. So it's pretty prevalent in sports now. But I, my point in all of this is was when he told it I'm just completely shocked,
2: shocked. and surprised. Like, I just shocked.
3: didn't seem like he was going that direction. And
2: then, like, there's other parts to this story that are just... Insane. I mean, the fact that his son, who's 10, has had a restraining order or protection against him since 2018. That's weird. For four years. So when he was eight? When he he was six, Mark. Oh, four years ago. I thought you said two years ago. (laughs) Six. (laughs) Six. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Gosh, gotcha, I'll move on. Um, but you know, the- double G's, <laughs> double G's, double G's, M1, double G's. G
3: with the rock. That's right, <laughs> the rack,
2: told it, brick, brick. We, two, we, eight years old, brick. <laughs> we, we had a pretty- <laughs> <Air> brick <ball> layup. <laughs> we, we had a double G breakdown right there. Oh, man.
3: We fought over two <sighs> or four.
2: Yeah, I just I, I don't know why I feel I feel like Ben Gordon to me isn't just a regular former bull. Greed. He, he he's he did something held in memorable, exactly. something
3: very everybody remembers. Anyone can ben point
2: Gordon. to the Boston Celtics series. Oh my god! And say Ben Gordon. Yes. And so when you hear stories like this, you want—I don't know. Okay, fine. In my mind, in my sick Chicago sports fan mind, I see like Joe Kim Noah, Derrick Rose, Lou Deng getting on a plane, mm. going and like hugging them and like being you know. Then I get to watch that hour-long documentary. I don't know. I just do he already make
3: it into that club? I don't, was there a crossover <laughs> he, there?
2: He should. Yeah. He should have. Chris Duhon. Dewey. Oh, man. Dewey. You're going deep now. All right. Uh, Enough Dewey. Bulls talk. Um, season starts for them in just a little bit. Don't forget, Friday, 7 o'clock. Myself, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, and Alyssa Bergamini. We got your uh, Bulls season preview show. I wonder what the hell I'm going to be asking them uh, over there. Yeah. I feel like I should just be a fly on the wall during that show. I don't know if I should be. A- Steve, Sounds but. like you got some. You're replaying playing point guard. Toss the ball up. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Play the double G thing again. <laughs> <'Cause>
1: <laughs> double that's, G. That's double a G. Yeah. was yes. a yes.
2: And a foul. All right. On the other side, <laughs> I'm starting to think the foul was on me. Actually. <laughs> Mark Grody, what a foul! <laughs> uh, listen, on the other side, we heard that Justin Fields pointed to breathing is what allowed him to kind of relax and reset during the games. So Grody. I have four breathing techniques for you. Really? That maybe you could be incorporating into your world and we could see maybe, you know, how they might have affected play in, in the sense. So we'll talk some bears. We'll talk about some breathing on the other side and and what instructor specifically led Justin Fields to uh, to do just that. It's Gabriel Ramirez, Mark Grody, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score.
1: Just breathe. <sighs>
2: Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here on 670, The Score. Double G's. And everybody likes
3: Double G. Which we were not until about, uh, about what, 707 was the first reference from Chuck Swirsky branding us the Double G Show. I
2: like it. And it, it counts. Follow on Mark Grody. <laughs> Flagrant Yeah, that's what it's come down Flag-re-fo- to now. <laughs> um, you heard uh, the breathing mention at the top of the the intro and the reason why is because we're talking. We're gonna be talking about Justin Fields and this whole breathing thing. He said that he was doing it during the games.
0: Breathe in, breathe out, breathe <sighs> in. I mean, I
2: I wish it was something else. I gotta be honest. I hate to be the Debbie Downer in the moment, but I guess. What do you mean you wish it was something else? I don't know. Like playing yourself. Tell me you watched a bunch of tape and now everything's uh, everything's okay. good for you now. Not like well, I
3: think it was good. You know what I thought the positive part about all of this was was that he recognized it and he's admitting it. That what we're seeing, we have seen a guy who has struggled with poise on the field, not off the field, but on the field. He has struggled with the blind side at times. He has struggled with just his pocket presence in general. So to kind of admit that and say and to tell Bears fans that he is working on ways to not feel that. I mean, he had a realization. That was that was the big thing. Okay. He realized. When you say it like that,
2: then I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm no, back no. in
3: all the way. Absolutely. So while yeah, I understand what you're saying. It'd be better if, oh my God, finally I figured it out. <laughs> I gotta throw <laughs> yes. over the safety. Or there I've go. got to now, now you're yeah. speaking my language. No, no, that's we need that to come as well. But just the fact that he's able to see the issue and he has apparently done something, at least for one week, yoga, that he believes helped him with his pocket presence.
2: It's a very encouraging thing. Micah, right, here's Justin Fields talking about that very breathing that we mentioned.
4: No, honestly, if I'm being real, I think it has something to do with my breathing. Like, I've been working on my breathing, like, during the games, like, just, you know, in slow, like, four seconds and out slow. And I think just doing that, you know, automatically, like, keeps me more calm um, in the pocket. And just really like during the game, like t- to be honest, I don't even like doing pregame speeches because I feel like I'm, you know, so much calmer than everybody else when the defensive guys are all like, juiced up, ready to go. I just try to stay like chill, like the the whole time.
2: I wonder if he was talking about four seven eight breathing because he didn't get into specifics. Oh, I don't know that. Oh, you don't I, know? About I the don't understand. Seven, yeah,
3: please tell me, yo, what's up with the four seven eight,
2: yo? When he goes four seventy eight. He's not talking, he's talking about breathing. He's not talking about the play. That's where you breathe in through the nose for uh-huh. a count of four. Okay. You hold the breath for a count of seven. Mm-hmm. And then you part the lips slowly and exhale loudly for a count of eight. I can't even hold, damn, okay. do that. It's so hard. This is for real, All right? I pass out. Yeah, yeah, four, seven, eight breathing is a real thing. Okay. Now that stuff works for me, man. I've tried meditation. Oh, stop no,
3: no, no, no. Don't tell me that. It just doesn't. I just, I try. I've got too much going on in this this noggin of mine no. to have that presence of mind. I'd be a horrible quarterback. I have, That's why
2: it's something you have to work on. Exactly. You uh, can't just, I you never got it. I work on it. Like, watch this. Watch this, studs. P- first part of the G, have you ever done the lion's breath? Is it like a roar? Casi. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so you, you here, we're going to do it right now because we'll okay. see what this works with. We? Okay. You're going to do this. Right oh, I have to do this. Okay. So yeah. You breathe in deeply through the nose. Okay. And you breathe. Listen to, Still? Listen, listen to No, no, you're done there. Oh. All right. Then you're going to breathe out forcefully with the mouth wide open, sticking out your tongue, and then rolling your eyes upward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, that is that what was audition? supposed to
2: happen? How do you feel now? Like a lion. See? Look at you. Now you're ready to take on the world. You got tiger's blood now. Maybe that's what his yoga instructor told him. It could be.
4: So we have a, a yoga instructor coming come in. I don't know if y'all know, but we have a yoga instructor come in uh, like two days before the game. So I kind of just learned it from her. Just, you know, stay in like br- the breathing stuff. And um, it just, you know, allows you to stay calm and, you know, working out. So I try to just work on my breathing like as much as I can, really.
2: Like, I wonder if she came up to him and was like, hey, Justin, I've been watching your games. I got an idea. Breathe, man. <laughs> just Breathe, and he's like, "Tell me more about this." Yeah, tell me more about this breathing. Breathe, you say. And she was hey. at first. She at first she suggested the alternate nostril breathing technique. Sounds awful. <laughs> the
3: alternate nostril. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You close. You close the right nostril. Oh, I don't like with the thumb going. of one hand. <laughs> And you, it's breathe a farmer's blow? you breathe it. To the... <laughs> you breathe it to <laughs> You breathe it through. You let out a loogie, man. And then you close the left nostril with the fourth finger. Oh. <laughs> <With> these... <laughs> What the hell? Who comes up? Who, where, where, who pays? You know how you donate money for scientific research? Who yeah. the hell is doing these well, studies? Well, it's pretty
3: ingenious. Isn't the world trying to sell us things that to make us think we need things? True. Isn't that what true salespeople do? They you know, The commercials you see late at night okay. telling you things that – you think you need, yes. but you don't really need, yes. it's pretty good. But I don't know. The breathing thing has gone a long way. And I'll say this about Justin Fields. He is not afraid to utilize the teachers in the building Which beyond I do the love. coaches. I do there, There's that. the yoga instructor. And also, he told me in our first conversation, it was on, on air, actually, one-on-one thing I did with him after one of the preseason games. And he said that he, he, talks, he does talk to the mental skills coach. As he should. Yeah. But not every player does that. Most, a lot of players are like, nah. Or they do it maybe once, and it's like okay.
2: But you also mentioned that that you feel like uh, Justin Fields is a guy who is solely focused on football during the season and nothing else.
3: I, yeah, that's the impression I get. Like I don't. I mean, you don't hear much about him. I mean, we've asked him. I've never what, seen him in a club. I, I don't think he's. <laughs> I don't think he's that way. I don't think he's that way. I mean, every time we ask him you know what he's doing for you know at, at any point in time when there is those opportunities for him to expand his personality yeah. in that direction of personal life he sort of chooses not to well, so well, what well, I have
2: no issue with that you I mean, you've spent a lot of time with Justin Fields would you say he's an intelligent guy
3: oh yeah oh yeah definitely like that that shines through okay i mean that's for sure i mean that that's i mean we heard that And then having talked to him, he's very thoughtful. He seems like a thinker.
2: Wow, I was going to say, he seems like a thinker.
3: He is, he does. And I think sometimes, like, sometimes big brains don't always work in your favor if you're an athlete, because then you are thinking too much and you are thinking about better ways, more complicated ways to do very simple things. So I'm not saying that about Justin Fields, but I'm saying that just because he's got the big brains doesn't mean he necessarily
2: has an advantage. Well, he's going to need that big head of his, I mean, that big brain of his. That's right. <laughs> Tomorrow when the Bears take on the Washington Commanders. I, I think we're hoping for, you know, the over to hit. I think the Bears eventually put up some points. Grody and I have the over hitting, 24 to 17. That's right. And, that, and their perceived score. Yeah, we both score. actually
3: picked that score.
2: Um, but on the other side, we're going to get an opportunity to talk to someone who knows the opponent very well. Sam Fortier covers the Washington Commanders. He's going to be joining us after this. And we're going to find out if Carson Wentz is capable of, of repeating his stats from Week 1 and 2, where he put up three and four touchdowns in the air, respectively. We'll ask him that question on the other side. Sam Fortier joins us right here on 670 to score after the break. T-Mobile
0: has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours